Here we go one more time. I'm not really feeling all that fine. But nevertheless, here we go again. Thanks for clicking play and welcome. My name's Uncle Sonia. I'm back in my bag again. Catch a new episode every Friday. I missed last week. You have every right to chide me. But we're back again. We'll be back on our consistent tip. Make sure to follow on Twitter at N underscore A-S-O-N-Y-E. On the Instagram at underscore sometimes JR. Feel free to leave five stars under Apple Podcasts. This also streams on Anchor, Podbean, and Spotify. Usually I tout that it's a sports and culture podcast, but it leans a bit more on the former side for this episode. And it's a quick two-parter. Well, maybe not quick, but certainly just two topics to talk about. No bumpers today either. Just honestly straight rap. And the first part that I do want to talk about is the news. Well, this is dropping, of course, on Friday, but the news that came out yesterday involving the athletic department at one George Washington University. Now, whether you're new to this or you're wondering when I'm going to get to the point, um, I speak as an alum of George Washington, particularly working closely with the radio station and the athletic department, both of the parties involved. I, I had pretty good relationships with Um There isn't a whole lot that I feel like I can say fairly on the matter, except for the fact that I'm just so doggone disappointed. Like, nah, I feel supremely disappointed. And this goes beyond the sanctimonious nature of college sports. You know, you always hear about winning with integrity, winning the right way, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You almost have to pinch yourself and realize, wait a second, a bunch of NCAA basketball programs were just seen as victims in pay-for-play schemes where they still came out with the benefit of those legal actions and are still considered victims, but that's all beside the point. When it comes to what happened at... GW and fr- frankly this is the second piece in about I'd say three or four years run by a major publication that puts what was once a venerable department at least for being a mid-major into a not so great light it is all over Deadspin I'll put a link in the description in case you haven't caught it um the video <laughs> It's it's disturbing at best. That's the best way to put it. Obviously, there's a lot of spin. And obviously, there is enough truth that none of the parties involved are, are, are back at the university. But what I think what hurts the most is that the facade of stability, of shooting for excellence, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It all got torn down thoroughly. And what makes this 
tough of the, the, the toughest part of all is that there's always collateral damage. And it goes beyond any fan who feels aggrieved, which I believe you have a right to be. You got to think about the players, the student athletes, the students. It's outright betrayal, to be honest. There are a lot of different viewpoints that I heard throughout the day from from friends, from from colleagues, and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, some of them weren't surprised. A few of them were said, you know what, I'm glad the truth came out. A lot were shaken to the core, like, wow, I really believed when I'll, I'll give the backstory um when the washington post put out the piece about michael onegan a lot of people believed it particularly because in this day and age you can't play around with 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 homophobia and, and statements like that it's, it's just flat out unacceptable and at a place like gw where you have people from all different walks of life coming onto one campus that's not really something that you can even claim to to be a part of and, and accept that kind of behavior. But with that being said, that piece was bad enough. This one is, is all out worse. And the piece from Deadspin pretty much alleges that former athletic director Patrick Nero pretty much put a hit squad on Mike Lonergan. Take what you will from, from, from any of it. But I, I can't help but, but sit back and wonder, how come nobody said anything? Like, where was this piece, like, a year and a half ago? And that's not to knock the journalistic work that Deadspin did either, because obviously something like this takes time. But it was, it, I'm really disappointed in, in all the leadership at this point. Because how can you, as a, world-class university who's now charging 70k a pop mind you have this happen on your watch nobody cleaned house nobody took accountability and now here we are months nearly a year or two after the fact and now two completely do new administrations are holding the bag and we want answers. It's not even about looking for somebody to string up, although you, you will get your, your fair share of those people. This is about trying to figure out what exactly we stand for. Like, like, what does it mean to be a member of this department? What does it mean to represent everybody who came before you, everybody who's there now, and everybody who's going to come onto that campus, whether you ever step foot to the Smith Center or not? Like, what does that mean now? And seeing that this is now 24 hours after the fact, there really isn't an answer. It's a shame that there isn't. And 
speaking personally about um, my background, in particular with the subject of the story, this was at a time when I, as a junior, I, at, at a time I had taken over the campus radio station, the sports department, that is, and we didn't have a great, we didn't have a good first semester at all. Um, I was overwhelmed. I wasn't quite sure what was going on in my mind, and it was right before the Butler game that uh, he came and sat down next to me and said, listen, don't don't worry about it. Keep doing what you're doing. I know it's going to take some time. I got you. And that was maybe a three-minute conversation. But I, I took it, and I ran with it, and it, I think it, it really made a huge difference in my entire experience at GW. I still have friends that are around there now that work there now. And I still, this one really hurts me to the core. And it and, and it's no longer, thankfully, it's no longer at a point where I'm doubting whether or not I should be in front of a microphone at all, doing anything, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But it is about the fact that You never really know somebody all the way. You wonder why people have trust issues now? Well, because stuff like this can happen and you on the outside looking in are caught blindsided. There's no reason to think that after all this time, that after all this homework that, that Deadspin did, that, that somebody didn't know that this was coming higher up. There's too much legwork. So now the question becomes, where do we go from here? And to be quite honest, you don't have to answer that question right away. In fact, don't answer that question right away. I don't even know the answer to that question for myself. All I can do is express what I feel. There's not much in-depth analysis to do here. Deadspin already did it. And whether I like the subject matter or not, they got all of their details. They strung it together compellingly. They did their job. But just looking at the anecdotes of how uncomfortable students felt, how how hung out to dry, it really becomes about it really becomes about the kids. Or young adults, if depending on what viewpoint you're looking at it from. But that's that's what it boils down to. And they were let down. Alumni, yes. Make a lot of noise. Sometimes with reason, sometimes without reason. Definitely let down as well. Same as donors, boosters, all that sort of stuff. But it goes down to the kids who are going to leave that place after however long they spend however long they spend there. And that is just, it's a tough pill to swallow. Reality check, sure, because not everything can be rosy. I mean, I honestly wish I had an answer. I wish I had a rallying cry. I wish I had a pitchfork and a torch in both hands wanting to run up and and demand answers, but I don't have it. 
Like, as I record this, I'm staring at the program from Barcroft Park's now Tucker Fields reopening. Like, this hits home for me. Most of the credentials that hang on my wall are from GW Games. This is by no means an easy thing to talk about. Not at all. I mean, by the time this drops, there there may be a response coming directly from them. There may not be. But, but, but what I will say, just, just objectively, is that although there has been time to prepare, whatever response could come, will come, whatever the administration plans to do down there in D.C., I do hope that they realize that they can't treat this as business as usual. Yeah, it it was an investigative report about the past, about individuals that are no longer affiliated with the university, but it's coming out now, and the impact is very immediate. It's deeper than just outraged tweets and phone calls and group chats that go off in the middle of the workday. This affects bottom lines. This will affect some applications from some kids who really are looking for a a good athletic experience to at least be around for their time at GW. Let's not even talk about this dude and athletes. Yes, signing day came and went, and it's great that kids committed, but down the line, it's going to be tough to, to, to even think about answering. So the one thing I do hope that can be taken away from this is that this isn't something that can just be given the, hey, it happened, they're no longer here, we're moving on treatment. It can't be that way. People aren't there to take accountability that were a part of the mess. That's fine. And I can fairly say that at least I am not looking for somebody to, to be the sacrificial lamb. That doesn't make much sense. Someone to go, oh, put the blame on me. That's 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 not what's needed. But somebody's got to speak up and at least say. This isn't right by any stretch of the imagination. We will we will we will fix it. We we will do what we have to do. But even in the but like I said, even in the swing of things, and I feel like I might be rambling a bit at this point, but I can't, I don't think I can stress it enough. You gotta be ready to to do some some real soul searching here as a department and figure out what you, what your message to your base is going to be and at the end of the day especially for a school that's of, of the size of GW at least in terms of people who are 
invested in the department. It's 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 very tight knit. And as much as you seek to grow it, and you should always seek to grow it, like you don't have to know the roster down in front to at least be a fan or, or be proud of the fact that you go to such a school. But it's, it's been a shaky day. It's been a shaky day. And somebody's got to hold it down. So, administration, the ball's in your court. Y'all got to figure it out. And I really, really, really hope you do. Speaking of aggrieved parties, can we talk about Le'Veon Bell for for a a brief moment? told you this was going to be a short episode, or at least only a two-parter today. And here's the second part. I found it as disturbing as typical that Le'Veon Bell's teammates literally raided his locker after he said he wasn't coming back. Therein lies the paradox that is the NFL. But I'd be interesting to, I'd be interested rather to see what the free agency implications would be. But let's let's look at the subject matter on its face. Uh, Le'Veon Bell was franchise tagged. He didn't like the number. He said, I'm not coming. And now he's out for the year. And on the one hand, I can see where his teammates are coming from. It's like, come on, we're, we're, we're trying to, to, to build towards something here. We're trying to win. And we're trying to, you know, do the city proud, do the organization proud, blah, 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 all, all that sort of stuff. And it sounds great, you know, to say that, you know, we're behind you. It sounds great to... To, to to tell the world that we're still united as a team. Y'all are united as a team and you pilfered your best skill players things? Antonio Brown is the best wide receiver in the NFL, of course. But Le'Veon Bell is your best skill player because he can run and catch. Matter of fact, part of the reason he did not report was because he was used so much that he and his agent looked at the numbers and said, this is what you're going to pay me? I don't think so. And over time, I would hope, and it doesn't happen very often, but I would hope that people start to look at what exactly the laborer is going through. Bomani Jones has addressed this before on his podcast, The Right Time, and now's a perfect time to to bring that back up. One of the things he said is that the American public really never sides with labor. They always side with the owners, the people who are calling the shots fair or unfair. And that's a bit mind-boggling to me because America, on one hand, likes to pride its blue-collar work ethic, and then at the same time, when someone has a problem, it's shut up and get in line. And I think part of that is because you look at the money, you look at what Le'Veon Bell looks like, the prestige, and you go, he doesn't deserve any of that. Well, hold on a second. I don't think it's on anybody. I don't think anybody has the right to say what a professional does or does not deserve. And especially when we talk about football, the most violent game 
in America. You say what you want about hockey. At least hockey, there, there, there's, there are the occasional checks. There are the occasional fights. But for the most part, they stick to skating, stick handling, and some of those goals are absolutely incredible. But football players take contact nearly every play, especially if you are a lineman. Linemen don't get paid enough, but that's a whole nother story. As it pertains to Le'Veon Bell, just because he is young, he is black, he has money, does not mean that he doesn't have rights and he doesn't have rights to get paid what he thinks he's worth getting paid. And what I appreciate about his approach is that there are a lot of players who would have caved. In fact, nearly every other player in the NFL has caved. He said, nah, I'm not coming. Keep the bread. I'll see you in free agency. That takes guts to do. And yet his teammates pilfered his locker. There's that hashtag unity for you, right? But I would be most interested to see what free agency looks like for him. It's very tempting to bring the bring some sort of alignment with Colin Kaepernick. I'm not going to do that here because these are two separate issues. But here's what's worth pointing out. Le'Veon Bell, even while not active, is a top five running back, which changes the game entirely. Because it's one thing to be a lightning rod draft pick who came in and led his team to a Super Bowl. As fantastic as that is, as much credit as that should have gotten, the running back is a dying breed, particularly because they take so much punishment. Now your 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 three down back is nearly extinct, especially since runners don't really go that much between the tackles anymore. Now you have Le'Veon Bell who can do it all and is heavily used. I don't know about you, but if I'm an NFL general manager, you write this off. You say, okay, cool. We got another year. And you throw the bag at him. And anyone who thinks that he's not going to see the bag just because he sat out this season, is playing themselves. This is football. Football is cutthroat at its core. Management on down. Coaches spend training camps telling veteran players, hey, you see that rookie that we picked up in the sixth round? He could take your spot. So what are you going to do about it? Contracts aren't guaranteed either. And spare the straw man arguments about, well, it's not this player, well, it's not that player. We're talking about a culture here. And within that culture, Le'Veon Bell did what he thought was best for him. Does this make him a hero? No. Nobody is saying that. But what it does make him is smart and principled, even if it is just about the bag. I don't see us really making any Kurt Flood references, at least not this early. But I would indeed be interested to see what it looks like down the line for Le'Veon Bell. 
Will we see workout videos? Will he not care? Will he even show up to Steelers games if they make the playoffs? I don't, obviously I don't see that happening, but you never know. Like there is gonna be like a, a low key Le'Veon Bell watch as this goes on because if there's anything that NFL columnists love to do, it's to rip players they don't feel are putting in enough effort, and Le'Veon Bell's not even on the field. Oh, there's already been a field day this week. You can only imagine if the Steelers get close to going to the Super Bowl and they lose, how quickly blame will shift to a dude who did not even put on the pads. Don't say I did not warn you. I'm just calling it like I see it. Anyway, that'll do it for this week. Thanks so much for joining us. By us, I mean me, myself, and I. Be sure to rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. This episode is also available on Spotify, Podbean, and Anchor. Make sure you tweet me. Let me know how you feel. We touched some pretty sensitive subjects here. You can tweet me at N underscore A-S-O-N-Y-E on Twitter and underscore sometimes J-R on the Instagram. Let's talk. Definitely taking off next week for Thanksgiving. So enjoy the turkey. Enjoy all that. The week after that is my birthday week. So my present to me is an episode for you. Love you. See you in two weeks. Love you.